everyone. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, for all of you who are students here at Excel, I just want to give you a quick reminder before I jump into tonight's topic that in just two weeks, March 11th, we are reopening, meaning you're not going to see this type of sermon, at least unless there's some crazy situation that we don't see coming. Uh, but, but beginning March 11th, we're going to be back in person, in-person services. So we want to encourage you to uh, make sure that you follow up with your folks, get permission if you need to talk to anybody. If they need to talk to anybody, you can contact me. Uh, but we are just so excited to be able to be in person and be able to see your face and have fun. And again, we're going to be safe. We're going to be socially distant. We're going to have all the same parameters that we had last time when we opened up. Uh, but we're just so excited to be able to do that again. So make sure you mark your calendars March 11th. And then on March 12th, the very next day, Friday, we're going to have small groups in person. So both service and small groups is going to begin being in person starting March 11th and March 12th. So make sure you circle that. Um, this topic today, we've been in this series called ships, right? And we've been talking about words that have that suffix in it, like relationships and friendships and discipleship. And today I want to talk about a word that's not very commonly used, at least in regular everyday language, but it's a powerful word and one that believers are called to really be a part of. And that's the word stewardship. Now, I have a definition that I'd love to share with you guys. Uh, the word stewardship means the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Uh, now, let me give you just a, a strange story about stewardship. When I was about eight years old, my family and I were in Mexico visiting some relatives, and I'm playing outside of the house, just kind of hanging out with some of my cousins. And this man, you know, grown man, is walking up the road, dragging a buddy of his that's completely passed out. And the man looks uh, obviously upset and a little worried. And so he drags the man to my feet, basically, lays him on the ground and says in Spanish, can you watch my friend? I'm going to go get some people to help me. Can you just watch him until I come back? And sure enough, I went, yeah, I got you. <laughs> and so here there's this eight-year-old watching over this passed out, I'm almost 100% sure, drunk guy who's just laid out on the ground. It's the middle of the day. It's not like it was nighttime. It's the middle of the day. And so my mom peeks out and she sees me standing in front of this passed out man. And she's like, Joey, come here. What are you doing? Come over here. And I go to my mom. I can't, mom. The guy told me I got to watch his friend. And I got to make sure that he's okay until the guy comes back with his friends. And my mom's thinking, are you kidding me? Come on, hurry up. And I go, mom, I told them that I was going to watch his friend. I have to watch his friend until everybody comes and helps him. Now, my mom's not a bad mom, but she understood that I gave a man my word. And so she stood at the door watching me watch this guy until his friends came. And sure enough, a few minutes later, his friends uh, show up and they, they all pick him up and they take him away and... I hope he was okay. I don't really know what ended up happening to him. I just know that somebody trusted me with the care of something. And even at eight years old, I felt the responsibility to fulfill the obligation that was trusted to me. God has given us abilities and capabilities to take responsibility for things that he has trusted you with. Now, does God need you? No. I mean, God doesn't need any of us, right? Uh, but there are certain things that God has entrusted to us uh, that we are able to do and capable of doing if we are willing to take responsibility for the stewardship that God has given us. 
as I began to think about that and meditate on that, the first thing that really came to my mind was a story in the Bible called the parable of the talents uh, or the parable of the servants. And if you have your Bibles, it's in Matthew 25. And I'm going to read just a few verses, about seven verses. And then I want to take some time to really break this down for you. Matthew 25, verse 14 through 21. Listen to what the Bible says. Again, the kingdom of heaven, and this is Jesus speaking. He's telling a story. A parable is a kind of modern day story that helps illustrate a heavenly principle, something spiritual. And so he says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant, two bags of silver, also went to work and earned two more. The servant who had received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant with whom had been trusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And uh, just to paraphrase the rest of this portion, because I really want to get into the main part of what we're talking about. The second servant, the one with two bags of silver, did the same thing that the one with five bags did. He, he multiplied that and he was able to get two bags more. And he received the same praise from the master. Well done, good and faithful servant. I trusted you with the small things. And now you're going to be trusted with more responsibilities. And the third one... Uh, yeah, he didn't do, obviously, what the first two did, and he got a much more different response, and we'll get to that response at the end, but I really do want to focus on the first two and the fact that they were willing to really take hold of the stewardship that their master had given them. They, they owned it, because here's the thing with stewardship, is stewardship is taking care of something usually that doesn't belong to you, but you own it as if it belongs to you. Right? That wasn't my friend in Mexico that I was watching. I had no personal connection to him or relationship to him, but I was trusted by the one who did. And so God has trusted us with things that don't belong to us. They belong to God. Ultimately, all of this belongs to God, and he's the one that cares about it. And because he cares about it, I care about it. Because he trusted me with these abilities, then I want to be able to do right by my God who has trusted me with it. And so there's a few characteristics that I think are important when it comes to stewardship. And if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. The first thing is this. Stewardship is knowing your abilities and where they come from. Stewardship is knowing your abilities and where they come from. All of us have abilities, something we are able to do. Uh, a lot of times we reference them as natural abilities, right? You're not just born knowing anything, but there are certain things that you might have a propensity for or you might be naturally gifted in, right? Um, and so these things kind of lend itself. Uh, for me growing up, uh, I had a, a natural propensity and a leaning towards reading. I've always struggled with math. Uh, math is just not my thing. I don't have that kind of ability. I have a level of it. But I'm not going to be a math teacher or math whiz or doing, you know, complex equations on the dry board. But I can read. Yeah, and, and, and that kind of lend itself towards 
a purpose and a calling in my life, which was interpreting the scriptures and being able to communicate them accordingly. And I think that's a big part of an ability that God had given me that I began to sharpen and work on to use for his honor and for his glory. I've always had an ability to communicate, to just be able to talk, right? Uh, there's other abilities that I don't have. And so I don't worry about what I don't have. I focus on what I do have. A lot of times when we think of abilities, we look at what other people's abilities are and we feel like, well, I don't have anything because I'm not like that person. Or oftentimes, even in our culture, we highlight certain abilities. And because of that, we can naturally in and of ourselves degrade our own abilities. But here's the point. God has given you an ability. God has given you something that you can do, that you are unique with, that you are gifted with, right? Sometimes in church, we call those giftings or talents. Like these are things that are unique to you that are inscripted in the DNA when God wrote out your whole structure, even while you were in the womb. And this is a powerful thing to understand. And listen, first Peter kind of reiterates that first Peter chapter four, verse 10 through 11 God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. See, here's the problem a lot of times is, we recognize the ability or we understand we have our abilities, but we take these abilities and we use it for ourselves, right? Had these servants taken what was given to them, the five bags, the two bags, the one bag of silver and multiplied it, but then kept the money or maybe the guy who had five bags multiplied it to seven and he kept two bags and gave the extra five bags to his master. That seems like, oh, wow, I gave you more. I'm just taking my cut, but it wasn't his to take a cut from. Right. Had the master said, hey, listen, thanks for getting me multiplied another five bags. Here's two for you. That's a different story. But a lot of times what we like to do is we take the abilities that God has given us and we use them for our own selfish gain. Right, man, you've been given a gift of speaking like the Bible talks about. And like I mentioned that I feel like I had. And I remember for years, I used that ability to speak, not to lift God up, not to encourage people to go to God and build a relationship with him, but to manipulate people. Because I thought, wow, it's really easy to manipulate somebody. Sometimes I did it for laughs. Sometimes I did it for my own selfish gain. Uh, but we can take any gift that God has given us and use it for our own selfish ambition or even to hurt people. And so you want to understand, man, I have an ability, something that God has given me. I think about all the different musicians that are popular nowadays, and a lot of them will say things like, it started in the church. I learned how to sing in church. I used to sing in the choir. I used to grow up in church singing. And I think to myself, hey, man, that's cool, but why don't you sing for the Lord now? And I'm not saying that every artist has to be a Christian artist if they're Christian. I don't believe that. I think... There should be artists that are Christian that are still in the secular world, and obviously their music should represent Christ, but I'm not saying every song has to be a hymn. At the same time, is it right to take natural abilities and giftings that God has given us and never use it for his honor, for his glory? Never declare the goodness of God. Never use it so that others can know who he is. You have been given a stewardship by God in the abilities that he has entrusted you with. What are you doing with those abilities? And the problem sometimes 
is we look at our ability and we go, but this isn't enough. And again, that's kind of the second part that I wanted to chime in on when it comes to stewardship. The first one is knowing your abilities and where they come from. The second one is stewardship is understanding what your capabilities are. Okay, so you have an ability, but every ability has a cap, a limit to it. We call that cap your capabilities right? or your capabilities is how you actually say it. These capabilities is the limit to what you can do. And we all have them. Everybody has a cap. Everybody has a certain limit to their ability. And so if you look at the story of the the master, when he gave his servants, he said he gave to each of them according to their abilities. So the one who had five bags, he was given five because he's capable of handling that much. The one who was given two is given two because he's capable of handling two. And the one who was given one who didn't do anything with it is why he was only given one. The master already knew that his capability wasn't that high. There was something, but he still had a cap on it. This is important for us to understand because you may not be able to do everything you imagine and think right now. There is a cape, a capability or a capability to what you're able to do. And so we look at that cap and we think, well, I'm so limited that I can't do anything. But just because you're limited doesn't mean you can't do anything. It just means what you do isn't maybe what you imagine. It might not be to the level that you think is extraordinary or is notable, but it's still profitable. It's still important. It's still something. And so the, the lesson in this story, in this parable, is do something. The guy with the one talent didn't do anything. The other guys, even though they had different capabilities, they did something with the ability that was given to them. And they were good stewards because they were able to do something with it. Listen, Psalm 119, verse 96. Even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. Here's the deal. We have limits, but God is limitless. And so even in your limits, God is able to stretch it if you are able and willing to do something with that ability. Again, let's look back at the parable. The one who was given five talents, his capability was five. He was faithful with the little that he was given. And because he's shown himself faithful with that, the Bible said that he was given much more responsibility. What happened? His cap lifted. His capability grew because he was faithful with where he was at. Same thing with the guy with the two bags of silver, right? It wasn't as much as the five, but he did what he could with the two. And because he was able to do something with it, his capability grew and he was given more responsibility. So a lot of times we want to go zero to 60. And God is saying, listen, work with where you're at. You know, I hear people say, well, I can't wait till I graduate so I can be a leader. Well, why aren't you leading now with the capabilities that you have? Why aren't you doing what you can in this moment? Because if you think one day you're going to graduate and somebody's just going to say, hey, you should lead people, but you never shown that in your life. Why would we do that? Right? You do the work before you're given the title. A lot of students I've heard over the years is, I want to be a missionary. I want to go overseas. I want to go to the Middle East. I'm like, yeah, that sounds really cool. But why don't you go across the street first? Why don't you talk to your neighbor? Why don't you talk to your classmate? right? You're limited in how far you can go. Your mom's not going to let you go to Iran right now and preach the gospel, but she doesn't have a problem with you telling your friend in the lunchroom. And so this is something we need to understand. Listen, I may not be capable of those dreams, but what am I capable of right now? What are my capabilities today? And what am I doing with those capabilities? Am I fulfilling the things that God has called me to do? Or am I just looking at my limits and then limiting myself even further? 
This is huge because I think a lot of times we are our own worst enemies. We self-sabotage simply because we look at other people's capabilities and we see that they're higher and we see that they've accomplished more. But you're seeing a finished product more often than not. You're not seeing all the work that led up to that. You know, we look at some of these athletes that we esteem and we think, wow, look at what they're capable of doing. But they weren't capable of doing that at 10 years old, right? What they could do was T-ball. And they practiced that. What they could do was JV basketball. What they could do was junior tennis. Like they started at a point and worked themselves up to those areas that you and I often esteem. I, I didn't just start preaching the gospel on a microphone on stage. It started with me reaching my friends for the lost. It started with me having one-on-one -on -one conversations, telling people about Jesus. And as I grew in my love for that, God began to stretch my capability and he began to give me more responsibility and give me more abilities and gift me and stretch me to the point that I was able to do more with what God entrusted me with. This is such a powerful thing to understand. Because these abilities and capabilities are able to take you so much further than where you think you can go. But you're not able to do anything with them if you don't do the third thing, which is this. Stewardship is understanding your responsibilities, right? So you have abilities, and there's a cap to those abilities. But how do you respond to the abilities you were given? Responsibility is saying, God, I understand that you've entrusted me with something, and I'm going to take that responsibility as my own. I'm going to own it, this stewardship, even though it's not mine, even though it doesn't belong to me. I'm going to treat it as if it's mine, and I'm going to take hold of that responsibility and run with it. How do you respond to the ability that God has given you? Do you own it? Do you understand that it comes from God and it's a privilege and an honor to be able to serve him? Or do you throw it to the side? Do you ignore it? Do you push it off on another day? Do you feel like it's not that big a deal? Your response to the abilities that God has given you, even with the limits of those capabilities, is huge. It's huge. It's a big determining factor on what happens to you going further when it comes to not just your relationship with God, but the way God wants to use you for his honor and for his glory, the way God wants to set you up for success. Listen, if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 through 5, says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Each of us is going to stand before God and give an account for everything that was entrusted to us. This is the big aspect of responsibility that you and I need to really understand. It's You're not going to stand before God and be able to say, well, at Excel, we did this. At my church, we did that because God doesn't care about where you went. He cares about what you did. This is a big thing. You're going to stand not with Pastor Joey and not with your leaders and not with your friends, not with your parents. You're going to stand alone before God one day. And God's going to look at you and say, I trusted you with these abilities. I, I gave you these capabilities. How did you respond to that? And God already knows. God already sees that. But understand that you're going to be held accountable. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each man may receive what's due to him according to what he has done while in the body, whether it be good or bad. Oh, we're going to be held accountable. We're going to one day stand before God and he's going to say, what did you do? 
As a matter of fact, the parable goes on to say that. I, I, I want us to kind of look at where this kicks up. It says in Matthew 25, verse 24 through 25, Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Right? Here's his reason, but we all know it's an excuse. For whatever reason, maybe, he, again, he was intimidated by the other people's capabilities. Maybe he limited his own capability. Maybe he didn't trust the ability that he was given. Maybe he was just lazy and didn't care and didn't take it seriously. And his response wasn't urgent. It was just like, whatever. And so he comes up with this excuse now that he's caught. Now that the master suddenly shows up and he has to answer for himself, he answers with an excuse. Oh, you know, I knew you were, you know, a really hardworking guy and, and you've been through it all. And I was worried that I would lose your money. And so, hey, I, I kept it in a safe place. But the master's no fool and neither is God. Listen, it goes on to say, if you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will be and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. This is a, a powerful moment and something that you and I need to understand. God doesn't need you. And so if you don't do anything with the abilities he has given you, if you don't cultivate them, if you don't work on them, if you don't use them to honor and to glory God, then God's going to take that ability and give it to somebody else. God's going to take that and say, you know what? You don't want it. I don't need you anyways. I'm going to move it along. We need to understand that serving God and using these abilities to honor him and to glorify him is a privilege, not a right. We get to do this. It's an honor to be able to serve God. It's an honor to be able to be trusted with these abilities. And when I realized that, even as a young man, I really took to heart and said, man, I have a responsibility before God and before the people to do everything I can to serve him with all my heart. Because I know that one day I'm going to stand before him and I'm going to have to answer for what I did while I was in the body. And I want to be able to hear the most precious words that any saint could ever hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, super talented and, and really impressionable. Not well done, uh, you know, super uh, abilities and, and uh, beyond measurable, you know, famous, well done, rich, well done. It's like God doesn't care about all these things. He cares about you being good and you being faithful. And being a servant. So I want to close with asking you this. Think about this for a second. What abilities do you have? Even with the cap that it might have on it now. And what has your response been to the abilities that God has given you? What are you doing with that gift? And again, you got to think outside the box. Some of you may say, well, well, I just, you know, I don't really have anything cool. I, don't, I can't speak and preach. And stuff. Uh, I just like to do it. I like to draw. Okay, what are you doing with the, those drawings? Right? I was just watching my daughter's addicted to cocoa melon. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But it's a, a kids program that is like top 10 on Netflix and it's the most viewed channel on YouTube. It's crazy. But it started with just a couple 
who a husband and wife who are at home. He worked in illustrate uh, in like videos and and producing stuff like that. And she was an illustrator for children's books. They took their abilities and combined it to do this YouTube channel, mostly for their kids. And now it's grown into a billion dollar industry. Why? Because they took their abilities, even with the limits that they had, and they used it and it multiplied. And that's cool in the secular world. But imagine what you might be able to do for the kingdom of God, because our reward is not here. Our reward is in heaven. So I'm going to leave you with this last thought that I wrote down. Everyone has abilities. Those abilities come with a cap. You're only capable of doing so much. But you decide how you respond to the limited abilities you've been given. That is stewardship. And I believe if you take your stewardship seriously, you will be able to see infinitely and abundantly more than you ever thought and imagined. So I want to pray and I want to ask God to help us with that, to make sure that we do right by what's been given to us. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for every person who's listening right now. First and foremost, God, I pray right now for a reminder of the abilities that you've given them. God, I pray that you would show them, Lord, even with the cap that it might have, even though they may not think they're the best singer or the the most talented or the friendliest or, or whatever, God. Lord, I pray that they understand that anything that they can do is an ability, God. They can be a greeter. They can be a great friend. They can be someone who makes people laugh. They can be someone who has a great ear for listening. God, whatever ability they have, it's an ability that you have given them. And so, Lord, I pray that they would take hold of that ability, that they wouldn't focus on the limits of it, but they would understand that they're capable of doing so much more if they're faithful with what they've been given. So, Lord, I just pray, help us to take responsibility for the giftings and the talents that you have given each and every one of us, not just for our own selfish ambition, God, but for your honor, for your glory, so that when we stand before you one day, we will hear those powerful and precious words, well done done, good and faithful servant. Lord, how we long to hear that from you, how we long to know your face and to hear your voice one-on-one when we stand before you. But until then, help us to be faithful with what you've given us. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. I love you. I'll see you in person in two weeks. Have a good one. Bye-bye.